everyone, and welcome to the 205th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey, guys. Churro. What's up? For the, It's been a while, but I gotta tell you, I started playing video games. Video it's been games? a while. Yep, video games. I got what? some video games I want to tell you about. So what are, what are what are them video games you're talking about there? All right, so I got I got one video game that's uh, uh, originally old, but is a remake that is very nice, and then I got a new video game that's kind of new. Which one do you want to hear first? Uh, let's do the new one. Okay, so the new one that I bought is Ghost of Tsushima. I actually bought that, and I've I've only played like the first hour, which is the prologue, right up until you start the open world. But good gracious, when I started playing that, so I've, I think, I think you're the same. You you also have a PS4 Pro, correct? Yes. Okay. On the PS4 Pro, on a nice big 4K screen with HDR enabled and all that, oh my goodness, like, just playing that alone, I'm like, am I playing a PS5 right now? Like, what, what is going on here? This looks too good to be a PS4 game. Like... I know that every generation is always like this. Like the games at the beginning of the generation are only just scratching the surface of the potential of that console. But God, this game, Ghost of Tsushima, really does make the PS4 shine so much. It looks so good. It does. Um, have you actually played any of it or all of it or any of it? No, I just watched one of my favorite streamers stream it. And yeah. Just watching them stream it, it just like the game it's just so right detailed and gorgeous yeah really beautiful so and i'll just say uh so i i got it for two reasons uh reason number one is actually that i live not too far from the actual island of tsushima i live in the same prefecture nagasaki prefecture is where tsushima is now i'm not saying it's very easy for me to get there uh i've actually looked up what it would take for me to go to Tsushima, the real Tsushima, uh, it, I would have to go uh, to Fukuoka first, and I, I go to Fukuoka pretty regularly. That's a, but that's you know, in and of itself, about a two-hour train ride. But that's that's not too bad. Uh, but what is bad is after that, you're gonna have to do uh, at least at least three hours of riding on boats <laughs> to get to actual Tsushima. There apparently used to be flights to it, but I don't think they're that common or easy to do. So, yeah, not not sure if I'll be able to go to Tsushima anytime soon, but I definitely would like to. Um, I, I will say, uh, just from what I have seen of the open world of Tsushima, if anyone's uh, you know wondering does this part of japan really look like that and i would say to be honest no um i've never been to tsushima so i can't really comment on tsushima itself but no it doesn't really look like that but is it on the same level of beauty absolutely it is very beautiful out here um so yeah it's uh yeah really nice to play um I'll just comment. Yes, I am playing in Jap in the Japanese mode. I, I do have the English subs on, uh, and uh, I have the samurai cinema mode enabled. And I'll just say it's very hilarious playing this game because I kind of 
have almost like a reverse Kingdom Hearts experience. You know how sometimes in Kingdom Hearts, like, the way they say things is a little weird? Mm -hmm. And it almost feels like, oh, you can see how this was translated from Japanese. Like, you can tell this was originally written in a different language. I have that feeling when I play uh, Ghost of Tsushima sometimes. It's like, I can tell this was originally an English script that was then translated into Japanese. Because I don't think any Japanese person would actually talk like this in this situation is the feeling that I get when I listen to the Japanese. So it's kind of funny. So that that was that game. I'll tell you real quick about the other game that I played that is a remake that came out recently, and that is Tony Hawk 1 Plus 2. I don't know if you loved the Tony Hawk series back in the day, Churro, but I sure, I sure did. That was a part of my childhood, and I just got to say... I used to play the, the co-ops with my brother yeah. and their friends, and it was, you know, how, how can you not you know enjoy something like that you know? it's so good and i'll just say it, it has been a long time coming but there yeah finally a good tony hawk game after all these years so if anyone was ever like worried about if they should pick it up or not i would say if you like tony hawk the old tony hawk games and you want to experience that again these are excellent and it i think it was it was only 40 bucks when i bought it so um yeah i'm sure if you buy it now it's cheap and if you wait i'm sure it'll only get cheaper it's really good and really beautiful as well that that game too obviously tsushima a lot better but even then like so good and uh the other cool thing is like all the old music tracks for the most part are in there so if you're worried about like it not having the same feeling as the old Tony Hawk. Don't it, it, it feels just like the old uh, Tony Hawk games. So that's cool. Uh, so yeah, those were the games that I'm playing. Um, Churro. What's, what's, what's been up with you? Have you played anything interesting recently? Um, actually I started a spoopy month, which is, you know, Oh, sweet. Cause it's October. And so I was like, Hmm, one of my favorite, like, you know, I don't say the word horror because I'm not really a horror person. Yeah. But I was like, I've been had this sort of interest to play Dead Rising again. Oh, yeah. So I ended up buying the triple pack, which is Dead Rising, Dead Rising 2, and Dead Rising Off the Record for 60 bucks. Yeah. So basically three full games and one for 60 bucks. Sweet. So Wait, what? 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 So that includes the first game, right? Yeah. Get, what, uh, platform, what platform is that available for? Uh, PS4 and Xbox, but I bought it for the oh, Xbox sweet. One. Yeah. Because um, Dead Rising 3 is actually exclusive for Xbox and Windows. They're, gotcha. They never released that for the PS4, so I, I wanted yeah. to see if I can go through the series during, during October. Yeah. So I bought I... Dead Rising 4 when I bought my Xbox One X mm-hmm. from eBay, so I just okay. need Dead Rising 3. Yeah, I really want to play uh, Dead Rising 1 again. I I remember back in the day, I had the demo on a disc, and it was so fun. And I I just never ended up actually getting the the final game. But I remember really liking what I played. It's it's a lot of fun, but it's frustrating at times, but... Yeah, that's what that's what I remember playing on the 360 back when it first came out. But it's still a lot of fun being able to explore, like, a huge mall. You could... 
wear anything. You can different weapons at your disposal, and it's just it's just basically like a sandbox. It's kind of like a Saints Row, but like just with zombies. <laughs> yeah, I also really like the whole um, like time limit aspect to it. Like it, it feels like I don't know from what I played and what I know of the game, it feels like it's very replayable. Like the more you play it, the better you're going to get at playing it. Oh yeah, and playing through the run, and because there's so many ways to go through it, you know, like your second run of it may not be the same as the first. Yeah, it actually reminds me a little bit, and maybe maybe you agree, like n- not in production value, but in design, like game design, it almost reminds me more of an indie game rather than like a triple A game, and I actually really like that, like. In terms of production values, yeah, obviously, like this, that was a big AAA game at the time. But the fact that it's like kind of out there and it's got a really interesting game mechanic, like I, I wouldn't expect that from a AAA game these days. But the fact that it like has such an interesting hook to it, like man, it just makes me want to play it. I, I really hope in the future, once I have more free time, I say this as I'm. I, I already started playing two games, but that's one game I want to go back to. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. We have a two-segment show today. We have a news segment and we have a question segment. So, kind of like we hinted on the on the last podcast that there was going to be news, there was news. Not not like huge news, but th- there's still a lot to talk about for sure. So, anyway, in the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Nahika Blaui, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjin, Guide Seeker, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Calro, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope 181, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre23, and Churro, if you could take these last ones. We have Yannick Nod, who's at Yannick Nod, Tori Patrick, Freya Stella, Faye Esbiali, Flip Sudness, Lewis James, Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes22, Zach Toronto, Yam Potato, exclamation point, Rachel Casterton, who's at Uber Noon Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Time Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster73, Joseph Robertson, who's a Pokemon Trainer J. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And as a reminder, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind spoilers are fair game. And I will say that this time, we are going to exercise that warning. So, for real. Uh, in the news segment, we're going to talk about spoilers pretty heavily. So uh, Because if you haven't if you have watched the final trailer for ability of memory does boil kingdom hearts three and remind yeah so uh yeah no way around it anymore so moving on to the news so our first bit of news relating to kingdom hearts melody of memory there's gonna be a kingdom hearts three or not kingdom hearts three a kingdom hearts 
Melody of Memory demo coming out in mid-October. That's this month, Churro. Mid-October to PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and Microsoft Xbox One. And that's it. That was uh, that was big news coming. I yeah. I funny thing is, it was ten. It was it uh, eight p.m. Japan time. So basically, eight p.m. your time, Brandon. Yeah. I got a. It was it was four. It was wait. It was it was a uh, eight. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was eight fifteen p.m. I should say your uh, your time. Yeah. And it which would equivalent to four a four fifteen a.m. my time. Oh, geez. So I got up at four a.m. to watch this live that live stream on Tokyo Game Show. Wow. And I streamed, you know, my reaction to it, and basically that was like when I saw that little advertisement at the very end, I was like, "Wow, they're really giving us a demo," which is really, yeah. really good That's news rare. and shocking. That's rare for a demo, just at the first, you know, just at all and then on top of that it's an actual demo coming out before the game unlike the kingdom hearts 3 demo which took a while it's basically shades of the kingdom hearts 3d get demo yep just like that so that's exciting uh so uh just as a fair warning uh at any time probably after this podcast release because this is coming out on the 6th so anytime after this podcast release uh just keep your eye out the demo might be out any day now after this podcast releases i'm pretty Uh, sure they'll they'll announce it on twitter yeah most likely so hopefully by next episode we will have played the demo and we can talk about what we thought of it but uh if not uh maybe the episode after that so that's exciting. We'll be able to finally play this game and see how we feel about the rhythm. So, yeah, I, I, I'm a little, I, I'm a little afraid. Cheryl, what's your experience with with rhythm games? Do you play lots of rhythm games? Two words. Yeah, I suck. <laughs> I I despise Relatable. rhythm games. I it my Achilles as a gamer. My yeah, Achilles heel are is racing games number one i hate racing games okay rhythm games i'm not very good at rhythm games and number three first person shooters like those are my achilles heels as a gamer i think if i had to describe my achilles heels i i would think my number one is probably fighting games i'm decent i'm decent at, at fighting games i can't do fighting games uh i would say rhythm games is somewhere in there and uh what else is in there racing i'm pretty bad at racing but i wouldn't put it that high up like i i I do own mario kart (laughs) i despise racing like even even mario kart like yeah grand theft auto really ruined racing oh yeah grand theft auto oh i hate those racing missions uh like any anything any open world game that has racing in it, it just really messes up for me. Basically, the only thing in any Grand Theft Auto that ever saved racing for me was the fact that uh, in GTA Five, Franklin has that cheat ability where he can slow down time and turn around the corners easy. That's, that's like the, the only saving grace of that. That's game. the only saving grace in that. Anytime I have to do any kind of racing in there, it's like, all right, well, at least I can cheat because I have like. I have the the flippin' uh, Franklin Sharing Gun, and I can slow down time. But yeah, it's 
It's rough. Yeah. And totally relatable. Yeah. I think probably for, it's probably the same for me too, that like GTA kind of ruined it for me. I do own though, um, Forza Horizon and well, I, I have Forza Horizon four, but that might just be because of a game pass. I don't think I bought that, but I do, I did buy Forza Horizon three on purpose, but I barely play it to race. I mostly just, if I ever boot it up, it's just sort of to drive around the island because it's that 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 part's a lot of fun but uh yeah so yeah we can try out the demo soon that's exciting um i don't expect to be very good at it so charles is there an easy mode in the in this game i think yeah there is there should be because uh with during the stream they showed that there was a prod mode too okay like like some some songs have like some songs are considered prod mode some songs are considered you know easy mode and normal okay Interesting. So, or I can't. I'm trying to remember if it's that way or if it's like you generic. You can choose which difficulty per song. I hope there's nothing that is going to require skill for unlocking any parts of the story. I hope I can just I do heard, it from what I hear all on that easy. You could play. You could play straight through normal, like just fine. That's what, yeah. I, what I recall from a Namora interview about Melody okay. Memory. So, and there's definitely no secret ending. That much we know. Yeah. So that's you know. But like, of course, people when, when it comes out in Japan first, yeah, you know, people yeah. are going to rush to get uh, to see the the new scenes that were you know that extend the story. Exactly. So, I guess we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, not not very long, to be honest. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, so that'll be October sixth. That will be basically just a little bit over a month before the game comes out. Like Churro, there's going to be a new Kingdom Hearts game in about a month isn't that crazy <laughs> like and and a new uh the first kingdom hearts game on a switch and maybe the last one who knows so that's pretty that, that's pretty nuts uh so yeah that's the demo news uh other bit of news that's pretty cool is that a kingdom hearts 3 chess set like a real live one is being developed they're actually making it that was very surprising from the uh, square enix goods stream yeah and like like usually, like as somebody who tweets a lot, I can do much merchandise. I kind of yeah. Like I, I didn't say write it off, but I was unfortunately I was at work during the stream. Yeah. So I didn't know that till like after. Like I checked my phone randomly one time, mm-hmm. and then I was like freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Now usually we don't we don't talk too often about merchandise on the podcast, but I just thought this one was kind of interesting. Uh, I guess just in case anyone hasn't put two and two together. So the Kingdom Hearts 3 chess set that I'm referring to is not some generic chess set. I mean, like specifically the one that both uh, uh, Erica, young Ericus and uh, young Xanor are playing at during the intro of Kingdom Hearts 3. It's the actual one that they are playing with. Uh, and you also see in things like the uh, the epilogue. So if you ever thought that chess set from Kingdom Hearts 3 that looked really cool, if you ever thought that was cool and you wanted to buy that, uh, that's actually being made. So uh, I guess stay tuned if you're interested in that sort of thing. I don't think it's for me personally. I'm not really much of a merchandise kind of person anyway, but I still think it's kind of interesting and feel like that 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 sort of thing would probably be uh interesting to someone else that may be like me that isn't necessarily interested in normal merchandise 
but does want something Kingdom Hearts related, and I think this looks really cool. So yeah, that's that's uh, the big stuff uh, out of the way. And then lastly, I want to talk about the uh, the Kingdom Hearts soundtrack that's coming out. You know, Churro, we've waited a long time for this soundtrack, and now that it's finally coming to release, they finally revealed the track list. So that's we what finally, for. right? Same. Like, there's all these songs that I love from Kingdom Hearts three, and for over a year and now almost two years i didn't even know what most of these things were called so now we finally have a lot of names for these so uh i guess like uh one thing that i do want to get out of the way real quick is from the track list is that they actually have on here that there is an official orchestral version of face my fears which is really cool and from what i could tell from listening to it it seems like it's the same arrangement that we got from the concert, but it seems like it's recorded in such a way that it sounds just like how the normal, uh, you know, like Don't Think Twice one and, you know, we have the Hikari orchestrated and the Passion orchestrated. It feels like it's done in that official style where it's a, a, like a studio recording and not necessarily trying to sound like a, a concert event. So it's really nice to get an official version of that for Face My Fears. Chiro, do you think we'll ever get that version in in a Kingdom Hearts game as the menu song? Mm, probably not. Uh, I, I, I hope so one day, but yeah, I kind of agree. But what one thing that I do think, you know, if I think about it, like they're like back in uh the Kingdom Hearts 2 era and and the games after Kingdom Hearts 2 there were a couple of games that like reused um that reused orchestral themes like uh, Sanctuary I guess it's not impossible that they could just like all right well for this one we'll use Face My Fears <laughs> but yeah I kind of agree that uh I guess Don't Think Twice is like the real one and probably always will be, but uh, maybe maybe one day. But either way, I'm I'm glad that it's on there and it's getting like the official treatment. So that that part's cool. And I guess like the next thing that everybody wants to talk about is what are the names of the tracks related to Yazora? Because <laughs> that's that's the stuff that could have some kinds of hints. And I'll just let you know that they don't really have any hints. They're just names. But I think they are interesting to talk about. I will just say real quick, just to put it to bed, uh, the first track that plays uh, during the Toy Story world, you know, when there's that commercial, it's literally just called Verum Rex. So that song that plays is Verum Rex. Which, so is, don't, uh, which is obvious. Yeah, that's <laughs> the most obvious name ever. So nothing special there, nothing to see there. But I guess maybe it's good to know because if there's ever again like a Verum Rex theme or if, you know, if if that's the song that's actually called Verum Rex, we might hear it again. You know, it, it might not just be a one-off commercial uh, uh, soundtrack song. So that that's kind of nice to know, I guess. Uh, moving on from there, the song that plays during the Kingdom Hearts 3 secret ending, so the one that's in Kingdom Hearts 3, not in, not, not in Remind, 
the one that plays during the Kingdom Hearts 3 secret ending called Yozora, that song is known as Secrets of the Night. Secrets of the Night. I would say that that name is probably the most unsurprising name you could have ever called that. It's like, I mean, I mean, it happens what, at night. Yeah, because yeah, what Yozora's name stands for. Too. Yeah, so that's that's like when you when you look into it more, then like there is some interest there. You know, it's secrets secrets of the night. Yozora's name meaning night, as well as Noctis's name meaning night, as well as lots of things meaning night, and just literally that thing happened at night. So that's that 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 part's interesting. Okay. And the last track that has an interesting name that relates to Yozora is Yozora's battle theme from Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. Now that's where we get a little bit of interest. So this one is called, and I I apologize to any of our German listeners if I butcher this pronunciation, but this one is called Nachtflugel. Nachtflugel. And according to my Google Translating skills, uh, Google Translate says that this means in German, Nightwing. So, sounds cool. Sounds edgelord. I like it. It's got the word that means night. It's got a word that literally is knocked that kind of sounds like Noctis. Yep. It's, got a, it's got all the nice alarm bells that I was hoping for. I came to this track list... I, when I clicked on this website, this was the kind of track name I was looking for. I'm glad they put that in. Unfortunately, it doesn't really tell us anything. But it's still cool. It's, it's, it's very cool. Like Nightwing is more like, he's like Batman. Yeah, Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because like back in the day, like everybody said uh, Noctis sounded like Batman in, uh, in the episode to Sky demo. Yeah. Before uh, Ray, Tra- Ray Chase tried a different uh, direction for his voice. So, yeah, I guess there's really uh, n- nothing much that we can glean too much further than that. But uh, there were, you know, lots of demos that you could, like, listen to. Churro, did you did you go through the website and actually listen to any of the, uh, the only demos? Ones I, only ones I was interested in. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like for me, going through again, it's very, it's a very interesting experience because, like, you go in there and you know vaguely what the tracks are, but since you don't know what the official names are until you press play and then you, you know, put the name to the song, it is, it was an interesting experience going through that and, and experiencing that. Um, I, I really did overall, uh, you know, just going back through the soundtrack, it was really nice re-experiencing these these songs again after not hearing them for a while, and just reminds me that man, Kingdom Hearts three has a, such a really great soundtrack. Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of really great gems in there, so I'm excited for this to finally release. And uh, I guess the other thing that I really appreciated from this is, so this is a big soundtrack. It's got eight discs, and a lot of it is devoted to Kingdom Hearts 3 because Kingdom Hearts 3 just has a big soundtrack. And I'm really impressed by just how many songs each Disney World has. Like pretty much one disc is pretty much for 
for two worlds. That's pretty much how they have it broken down. And like, you'd be surprised, like, for example, how many songs the Tangled World has. Like, it's a lot. It just has so many different songs that they've made for it. And I'm just really impressed by that. And like, when you finally see it, like you've experienced it in the game, of course, but when you see it in an actual list, when you see the full list, it's really impressive. Like there's a song, for example, called Maximus's Matchup. Maximus is the horse from Tangle. Like if Kingdom Hearts 3, or not Kingdom Hearts 3, if this was Kingdom Hearts 2, if Kingdom Hearts 2 had a Tangled world in it, Maximus would not get a song. But because right? this is because this is Kingdom Hearts three, and they're like going crazy on the budget for the music, that's why Maximus, the horse from Tangled, gets a song. Like that to me is crazy. I love this. I, and, and, this and, and is that, and that. Yeah, little snippet of song occurs like in one short scene too. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like I'm. I really hope this is like the standard they set for the future of the series. Um other than that, like the other really cool thing is they were really good in this soundtrack about crediting all the people involved in actually making it. So if you're really interested in music production and you want to see like who actually was involved in making these tracks, it's a lot more uh, broad than you might expect. It's not just uh, uh, Yokoshima Mora, uh, Takahiro, Takahiro Ishimoto, and Sekito. There were other people that you may not know, and there was at least one uh, English name that I saw in there. Some guy named Sebastian something or other that uh, did an arrangement of Wave of Darkness Part 2 from Kingdom Hearts uh, 0.2. The second version, the version in the final battle, that was arranged by someone that wasn't a Japanese person. Like, that to me, like, anytime I see that, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I know there's lots of people that work on these things, but it's like, I don't know. You, you, you see that sort of stuff, and it's like, it changes your image a little bit of how, you know, the sausage is made, so to speak. So I, I thought that was really cool. So, yeah, if you're interested in that sort of behind-the-scenes stuff, like definitely give that track list a look. There's a lot of interesting uh, gems hidden in there. So yeah, that pretty much wraps up uh, the news for this episode. Uh, Hopefully we'll have more to talk about with the uh, Melody of Memory demo, which just as a reminder is coming out very shortly after the release of this episode. It may already be out by the time you listen to this. So uh, definitely uh, check online and see if it's out already. So yeah, uh, without further ado, let's move on to the question segment. Our first question comes from Zachary Smith, and he's coming with us with a very important question, Churro. This is critical stuff here. I love this question. Yeah, so my wife and I are expecting a baby in April. Congratulations. Congratulations. What Kingdom Hearts slash Final Fantasy name would you choose if you were having a child? Uh, we don't know the gender as of yet, so please share ideas for both. Sure, you got any good ideas for baby definitely, name? Definitely, if it's a boy, it's got to be Sora. Sora's a good one. Gonna go with the Protag. Yep, Protag. Sora's strong. I'm kind of feeling uh, anybody from any name from the Birth by Sleep trio. Oh, yeah. Any of those, and especially, like, for example, Terra, that could go either way. That could yep. be boy or girl. 
Same with Sora and Re- uh, Riku yep. as well. Sora, Sora can go either way. Riku, uh, I I still have an image of Riku being a boy, but that's because the only Rikus I've ever met, and I say Rikus that I've met as in like uh, students that I've had here in Japan, they've all been boys. But uh, Kairis do exist. They're rare. Uh, Ky- Kairi is just a beautiful girl name. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, you can't, it is. You can't go wrong with Kairi. Aqua, that's a perfect girl name. Terra goes either way. Uh, Ven. I don't know about Ventus. If, if, I'm just thinking with my uh, American middle school brain, if there's a little boy named Ventus. I'm just trying to think of like, uh, you know, names that you might, a bully might call him like Ventus Dementis or something. I don't know. Wow. (laughs) Look, I'm working, I'm workshopping on the bully names for Ventus, but Ven is okay. Just V-E-N, Ven. I, I think Ventus is a little much. That is bully fodder. Just Ven is okay. Uh, I think uh, if you want to do like the real name of Larxene for a girl like Elena, yeah, one. that one's good. Yeah, now that we're talking about, uh, yeah, organization members, you got Lee. That's a that's a decent one. Uh, no Brag, not Brain. Do Brain. brain. Yeah, do it. Do it. It's boy. Do Brain. Brain. Scald. Ugh. Ephemer. Odin. That's just asking for problems in school. Look, I'm I'm expecting COVID nineteen is going to get de- defeated and we'll go back to school one day. I'm a lot of these more recent names just sound like bully fodder. Uh, what are some other good ones? Can you imagine the teacher having difficulty pronouncing those, those names in class. <laughs> it's like, is your name Brain? You're like, yeah. What of it? Yeah, what of it? I'm smart. Get out of here. Uh, what about like envy? See, the problem with the uh the foretellers is those are all named a- after the seven deadly sins. I just feel like you're asking for troubles if you go with any of those. <laughs> well, at the same time, you won't ever want to cross somebody with the that's named after the seven deadly sins. Yeah, I mean, there's the classic meme one, Zayanort. Just call him Z- call him Zayanort. <laughs> Zay, <laughs> Zay. Zaya, uh, yeah, I, I could see that. Just call him Nort. Come get over here, Nort. If you have your own your own group, you call it the Nort Court. The Nort Court, yep, I like it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other ones. Uh, could do Ericus. Ericus is a cool name, but again, that's another one where it's like. I just can't imagine any baby named Ericus. Like, there's certain names that when you say it, you almost imagine what their age is. And I feel like Ericus is one of those. Eric. Eric. You could go with Eric, but that's a little bit of a... What if it's Eric? E-R-A-Q. Eric. That's okay. Don't do that because you're going to doom that poor kid to a life of misspellings. As someone who has a name that is uh, fairly common but slightly spelt differently, I can tell you 
it is not fun experiencing a full life of people constantly spelling your name wrong. So maybe it is better to go with a name that's like, you couldn't possibly spell it wrong. I don't know how that how important that is uh, for you. Well, well, your name is uh, Zachary, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe you've had that issue with like if anyone ever shortens your name to Zach. Like I'm sure you get the Z Z A C K all the time. So uh, I don't know how you, how you feel about that personally, but at least for me, growing up, ugh, misspellings. I hate it. Uh, but yeah. I think those are good. Sora, that's strong. Kyrie, can't go wrong. I feel like Terra, pretty okay. Although when I hear Terra, I I I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've known several Terras, but they they've all been girls. And uh, yeah, I guess Kingdom Hearts is very strong for girl names. Guy names, they exist, but not so many. Chero, how do you feel about Axel for a name? Axel's, Axel's a pretty good name. I, When I worked at, in, at my job, I would play, take an order and the name would be Axel. And I was like, that's really that cool. such a cool name. That is yeah. a very cool name. I have a, a friend who also attended our uh, KBA events. Yeah. And he named his son Roxas. Okay, okay. So, you know, it's, you know, if you think that Roxas is totally out there, no, it's not. His, you know, so nice to see, you know, him and his, you know, and Roxas show up at our events, and, you know, just so yeah. fun calling, say, Roxas, come over here. Yeah. So, I guess it know. depends on how much of a Kingdom Hearts name are do you want. Do you want a name that when you say it, there is absolutely no question that that name came from Kingdom Hearts? Or do you want a name that happens to be in Kingdom Hearts that when you say it, they're not, there doesn't necessarily have to be a connection to Kingdom Hearts, but there is one. I feel like Kyrie, you could get away with it. Aqua is another one where it's like Aqua, like Kingdom Hearts doesn't ha- own Aqua. But if you pick Roxas, that's only Kingdom Hearts. And that's the only thing it could be. If that's if that's the goal with the name, then that's what you can do. But uh, yeah, I, I'm sure you know. Being being the parent, you'll think about it way more than uh, we we have. But uh, Churro, I guess real quick, can we think of some uh, some Final Fantasy names? Final Fantasy, at least for me, I'm the same way. Where it's like a lot of really great girl names. Guy. Uh, Guy, guy names are a little weird. I don't know about naming him Cloud. <laughs> Call your kid Sephiroth. Sephiroth, oh god. I think but, T- Tifa, Aerith, uh, Aeris. Uh, I mean, Zach. I mean, his name is Zach. Jimmy. Yeah, Zach, Zach's in there. That's a little on the nose with the dad, but hey, you, you know, can do it. <laughs> you got Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse. Wouldn't that be funny? Is like, Dad, your name's Zach, right? Yeah, yeah, my name's Zach. Then why am I not Zach Jr.? I didn't name you after me. I named you after the the video game character from Final Fantasy VII. Is they're spelled differently too? <laughs> they're spelled differently. I was like, Dad, why'd you spell my name different? I was like, Look, son, 
you you need to learn about what where your name came from. It's time to pull out a PSP. Let's play some Crisis Core. Let's do it. Yeah, I'll I'll just throw in uh, Final Fantasy Six uh, has a lot of good ones. Again, another Terra. Uh, there's Riku with two Ks from uh, Final Fantasy Ten. Uh, That's a mm-hmm. cute one. Yuna. Yuna's I've known too. several Yunas, by the way. Lots of Yunas. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy VI has a lot of good ones. Edgar, Sabin, uh, Celis, uh Who else? There's that ninja guy. <laughs> I think his name is just Ninja. <laughs> don't call your son Ninja. Well, you um, don't know. I mean, there are, there are worse names out there. Whatever you do, don't name him Butts from Final Fantasy V. Butts. Oh, uh, Butts. Cecil. Cecil's I, a very good one. I could see, like, Cecil is a little old-fashioned, but I could also see it being kind of, like, cool. Waka. Waka. Rydia. Rydia. Uh, Tidus. Zidane. Zidane is actually used a lot yeah. in the European. If you name him... Titus, though you gotta call him Titus, that poor boy. Yeah. Uh, Lulu. Lulu's a com- is a good name. The only problem, look, I like Lulu. I think Lulu is a great name. But if I heard the name Lulu, I will forever imagine. That's one of those ones where when I hear it, I think of a little kid. Like I, I can't think of that as anything but a little girl. So that's I don't what know. About, that's just what about that's hope? just my idea. Hope is good. And yeah, Sarah. Hope is good. Yeah, Hope, Sarah. Yeah, those are good. Not Saws. <laughs> Not Saws. What about Dodge? Uh, Dodge is cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, Barrett. Barrett would be nice. Barrett's cool. Yeah, Final Fantasy's got a lot of good names, too. What about some of like, uh, the summon names, like Ifrit or... Shiva or Shiva would work. Bahamut. Call him, call him a Leviathan. Leviathan. <laughs> Leviathan. Uh, like uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, Eden. Yep. Doom Train. <laughs> Brothers. Brothers. Oh god. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of good ones there. Oh, what's that one? Carbuncle? No, don't call, don't call your kid Carbuncle. Uh, Chocobo, Mog, nope. Cactuar, nope. Phoenix, Vivi. Oh, Vivi, Vivi's cute. Steiner. Yeah, Steiner. Oh, Steiner's cool. Beatrix is a cool name too. Beatrix is cool. What was a uh, dagger garnet garnet would be good garnet's a cute name yeah actually now that i'm talking now that we're talking about final fantasy names like I, i'm kind of feeling final fantasy uh, a little bit more than uh the kingdom hearts names but a lot of great options uh i, I think uh i think you can't go wrong if you go with any of those names so good luck and i hope everything goes well for you and your wife by by april hope you have a healthy happy baby so uh yeah yeah 
So, uh, yeah, moving on to the next question. This one comes from Dennis Peters. So this was a <laughs> this was a big one. So I'm gonna have to paraphrase some of this. So here's a small email from the Netherlands from a big Square Enix collector. Somewhere in the ramblings below are some questions slash philosophies hidden for the podcast. And then he goes on to explain. So he's talking about in this email uh, this book that he bought, and I've actually seen it tweeted out about maybe it was you Charo, that tweeted about this book that it's a book that disney put out in collaboration with scholastic that's like a character guide for kingdom hearts 3 to sort of get you caught up to speed so you can play kingdom hearts 3 and have like some kind of idea of what's going on and uh in this you know email uh, uh dennis is mentioning that uh in general there's no real mention of Final Fantasy characters or World Ends With You characters or even any mention of Square Enix at all in the whole book. Uh, Not even in like copyright. Like usually it mentions like, you know, this game was developed by Square Enix. Nothing like that at all. It's pretty much just Disney characters. And you got Sora, Riku and Kairi and those those guys are, are mentioned but not much beyond that. And uh, basically he then goes on to sort of describe and uh, ask about, so uh, since this book is clearly some kind of official thing and Disney, you know, Disney's copyright is on this, uh, you know, this is, you know, what does this mean to the series that Disney is able to do this. Does that mean that Disney is the, you know, the full owner of kingdom hearts? And if that is the case, you know, taking that idea further, if the collaboration between Disney and square Enix ever ends, you know, do you think Disney could house the franchise elsewhere? Do you think they would with a different studio such as Ubisoft or Capcom? The next uh, sort of question that we have here is, so does this mean that Sora, Riku, and Kairi are IP of Disney and not jointly owned with Square Enix? And then finally, if the above is somewhat true, can that be the reason why there are no Kingdom Hearts collabs other in other mobile games like Dissidia, uh, Final Fantasy, Opera Omnia, and then w- what he recalls of you know the DLC with uh, uh, World of Final Fantasy. And yeah, he basically just ends this uh, tirade with, uh, "Or will this all be explained in Kingdom Hearts 13: The Road Not Taken, wherein Tetsuya Nomura appears as a old white bearded guy waking up from his long nap." Which that's 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 the you know the ending we're all waiting for is when Nomura finally just breaks all artifice and just you know records a video of himself and explains what this is all about this whole series. <laughs> when will he just sit down and tell us what it all means? So, oh, Charles, yes. what, what 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 can you what can you tell me? Let's let's try to take this uh, one by one. So, I guess the 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 first thing that I would like to address is Churro. Is so are Sora, Riku, and Kyrie are those IP of Disney and not joint jointly owned with Square Enix? They're owned by Disney. They're Disney characters, right? They're Disney characters. Okay, so I want to take this a little further. Churro, is Kingdom Hearts a Disney game? 
Yes. Yes. So, yeah, the long and the short of it is, if it wasn't clear throughout the, all these years, Kingdom Hearts is a Disney game that is made by Square Enix. It's exactly right on the box. It's copyright Disney developed by Square Enix. Yeah. So Disney owns Kingdom Hearts. Now, obviously, the, just because Cloud appears in Kingdom Hearts 1 does not mean Disney owns Cloud. Fun, yeah, you know, Square, it, Square, Square know owns. Since 2002. Yeah, Square still yeah. owns Final Fantasy. Square still owns World Ends With You. In terms of the creative direction of the series, yes, on the whole, Square Enix plays the biggest role, and Disney's role is more the arbiter and in allowing things to happen in getting them the rights that they need in allowing them to pursue this project but at the end of the day yes disney does own kingdom hearts and towards that end churro why is it that disney's able to put out this book without square enix and not just that, but Churro, I've noticed there are a lot of things these days that have this certain interesting Kingdom Hearts logo on them. There'll be these Disney lo- these Disney products, right? Disney merchandise that will have a Kingdom Hearts logo that's a generic Kingdom Hearts logo that only has a Disney copyright on it and mentions nothing about Square Enix. What's the deal with that? It just shows that Disney gave permission for these companies to put these out. So it shows Disney, that Disney and not square. Yes. Yes. Because, um, they own the, it's their game. They can yeah. put it out however they want it to. They don't need, you know, they don't need, uh, square next a hundred percent of the time to walk them through it. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, only on bigger things where Disney will finally ask the, you know, with re, you know, with uh, a request to Nomura if they could do it. Yeah. You know, it's it's out of respect for him. But anywhere like merchandise, you know, they could do it however they want it. Exactly. With it. Yeah. That being said, though, um, there are you know Square Enix does also put out merchandise for Kingdom Hearts, and and then when they make merchandise for Kingdom Hearts, they will put their logo on it. It'll be Disney Square Enix, just like it is with, you know, the games themselves. Um, but yeah, when it comes to Disney and how they tend to do merchandise when it comes to Kingdom Hearts, it purely is just the cynical merchandise of uh, they make stuff to make money off of the game it's not to push it forward it's literally just to it's just like how uh you know you'll find frozen merchandise that frozen merchandise doesn't necessarily push forward oh you mean the a cash world. Grab. yeah it's yeah i didn't want to necessarily go there but yeah pretty much <laughs> like it's 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 just as valuable to the frozen universe as a Anna lunchbox or an Olaf doll. It's just there to sell it. And that's it. 
it's not it, there's not much bigger value other than that and i mean if you think about it that's kind of square enix's merchandise as well but i i don't know at least for me when i think of square enix's merchandise i generally see it as a bit higher end like it's gonna be more expensive but oh, yeah. you're gonna get what you pay for whereas with disney stuff they're they're pricing it more at how they usually price their stuff mainly mainly for like like uh, it's because like when like like you said it's more higher end it's more yeah. you know the Disney side is more like more affordable for like generic fans exactly yeah and that's that's pretty much where it is the other thing that they have is Disney has an amazing distribution network and that's something you know that that's Square Enix you know not not being out here. Uh, or, you know, not being out there because, you know, I, I'm here with Square Enix here in Japan, but not being out there in Japan, not having that connection, that's going to be difficult for them, you know, like that's going to be hard to to reach the the places, you know, all the different stores that Disney already has their fingers in. So Disney can put their stuff in front of a lot more people, get it out to a lot more people, sell it to a lot more people. They've got the network, they got the infrastructure and they just need to price that stuff a little lower to get it to the people that they usually market to. And just like you, you know, you have the scholastic book about kingdom hearts, you know, I'm sure there's probably just as many books just like this that Disney collaborates with various, you know, bookmakers like scholastic on where it's about similar stuff but in disney's realm like i'm sure there are marvel universe books that are just like this i've never seen them but i'm sure they exist and that that are probably sold by scholastic and there's probably ones for frozen and moana and, and zootopia and you know books of similar size where it's not really like a big deal they're just using it to sell to kids and that's about it so it, you know what it reminds me of churro is uh back with uh that old disney animated series from uh the early 2000s that seth kearsley was working on and how uh when he was talking about it it was like this is basically what you know disney does when uh, at a certain point they're looking to monetize on their ip and you know you take a you know a, a series like aladdin uh, once all the Aladdin movie, once the Aladdin movie is done, they want to keep making money off of it and make more content off of it. So they made an animated series, which is like the ongoing adventures of Aladdin that just keep going and going and going. And they don't really like lead to anything specific. It's just something that so they can have content on their TV and sell toys and all that stuff. And that's kind of what they were going to do with Kingdom Hearts at that point. But when Square Enix and uh, uh, SquareSoft at the time announced that, actually no, it was Square Enix at that time. When Square Enix announced that they were going to continue the series and actually make sequels for it, that's when they stopped the production of Seth Kearsley's show. Not that Seth Kearsley's show wasn't reviewed well, because it was reviewed well. It's just that they had decided that they didn't want to step on the toes of the story going forward, and they wanted to let the actual games go forward and maybe we can talk a little bit about that sure about how like even though square enix 
doesn't own the series and they do make the series they develop the series you know there is a level of respect there you know this is a this is the type of entertainment that disney can't make they don't make this kind of stuff and you know without tetsuya nomura being the creative lead it wouldn't be what it is and they know that and they respect that and you know if we're going off of you know who's right and who's wrong and who owns this and who owns what kingdom hearts would never get made to some extent it's not just the cut and dry who owns what it's a mutual respect of you know two big giants in creating media you know you got square enix and they've got their you know their visionary in namora and you have disney and their visionaries that you know made all these wonderful animated films coming together in mutual respect making this game and respect has gone a long way in making this series what it is and you know what do you think about that Cheryl? i mean it's i mean i agree with you i mean that's what makes it so special like you yeah sp- you strip that away, then what do you got? Right. You know, like it's it's been this type of discussion has been there for a very long time since you know the very first Kingdom Hearts game was the only game released, and you know my my opinion still stands true over it. You know, it, the, that's what having Disney in there makes it so special. Like, yeah, if you didn't have it in there, and there'd just be another Final Fantasy spinoff. Yeah. Exactly. Churro, how do you feel about this? Uh, you know, uh, Dennis brings up the possibility, let's say, you know, one day Square Enix is done. And, you know, I'm assuming that would also include Nomura being done. Uh, what would you feel about if Disney went with a different company to make this? And, you know, he, he points out, you know, studios like Ubisoft or Capcom like, what would you feel about if a stu- a different studio took over Kingdom Hearts? Oh, man. I don't even think I would want that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it is what it is because of Nomura, pretty much. And the, the thing that I would kind of fear is almost like what happens with uh, a lot of game series these days. You know, you let, let's take uh, Halo, for example. Once Bungie was done with Halo, then Microsoft established a brand new studio, 343 Studios, where it was their own studio that was going to make Halos, and that's all they're for, and they're going to make Halo until it's not popular anymore. And I just, I I don't know, I, I always feel like in that kind of situation, the second studio that gets uh shell uh you know stuck with uh an ip that the original creator doesn't want to make anymore for whatever reason i just always feel like the balance of power isn't great in that situation because before you know let's take uh, uh again with halo you know bungie made halo you know with microsoft as the publisher and and it made it amazing it made this great series they had the original vision for it they made it an amazing thing but then once they were done with it they were creatively exhausted they did what they wanted to do they fulfilled all their obligations to microsoft and they left 
now now Microsoft establishes a new studio to try to you know uh, pick up where they left off. And because Microsoft is the creator of the studio, they have full say over what they do or don't do. Whereas before the relationship was a little bit more collaborative. Now the people that hold the money are telling, are calling a lot of the shots of what gets made and what doesn't get made. And I mean, I, I can't say personally how I feel about, you know, Halo 4 or 5, but, you know, you don't have to look too far to see that they're not as beloved as the things that Bungie made. And, you know, I just, I worry about series after they reach that point where a second studio must be created and this studio is created purely just to churn out more of that series. You know, the same thing happened to Gears of War. I've heard good things about Gears of War 4. And, uh, I, I, did Gears of War, oh yeah, Gears 5 did come out. <laughs> I've, he- I've heard good things about them, but, you know, I don't know. I, I worry about that sort of thing, and I don't know what that would be for, for Kingdom Hearts. If I had to pick between those two studios that he mentioned, I would pick Capcom. And mostly because Capcom makes Devil May Cry. Yep. And gameplay wise, I trust them. Yep, pretty much. It's like you're not going to get a good hack and slash action game than yeah. Capcom. I don't know how the story would go. Like, I, I haven't played enough Capcom games to really give a big comment on that. What I played of DMC Five, I did like the story, and you know that 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 was all well and good. But at least in terms of gameplay no worries whatsoever with capcom you know they make dmc you got monster hunter clearly gameplay there they would be fine you know it's the other stuff that would be a little bit uh here and there i will say though capcom actually has a pretty uh big background with disney in terms of making disney games like if you remember back in the day on the super nintendo they made an Aladdin game that was really popular. They made a goofy, goofy game. Was a goof troop? I don't. I forget. I think it was a goof troop game, where it like it's a very surprisingly good game about Go- Goofy and Max going on adventures. It's actually really interesting. It's kind of almost feels like a Zelda game. Not. Inter- it doesn't really have any story or, or dungeons or anything. But it's got this really interesting, uh, these really interesting mechanics and co-op uh puzzles and it's pretty neat how it works and i don't know everything that i've seen of capcom's disney output you know granted this was back in the early 90s it was really good so i know that you know artistically they could do it uh gameplay wise they could do it story wise i know it would be something completely different it just would not be the same would it be good? Maybe, but it wouldn't be the same. So, yeah, I, I, I don't want to think about what the series would be like at that point. I'm kind of hoping that if they ever do decide to call it quits, that they just, you know, end it there. But who knows? So, yeah, that pretty much wraps up uh, all our questions for this episode. Our music for this episode is a beautiful cover by uh chris slash amaterasu on youtube of always on my mind is a string cover uh he does all the different uh stringed instruments he records them separately and overlays them together there's a strong possibility that we may have played this on the podcast many years ago 
but I just love this so much and always on my mind has been one of my favorite songs. It's the song that plays uh, during the ending of Kingdom Hearts right before uh, the simple right before simple and clean plays it's that really sad song that leads up to (laughs) what happens at the ending of kingdom hearts so uh i hope you enjoy that and our next episode of kingdom hearts union is scheduled for the 20th of october as always if you guys like the show please consider to uh please please consider subscribing to both final fantasy and kingdom hearts union on the itunes store just search for kingdom hearts and we're number one and we're number one. Yes. Okay. He's still alive, guys. Don't worry. I'm still and alive. Of, and of course, late. yeah, it's okay. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Kingdom Hearts Union. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions, send them to uh, send them to KHUQuestions at Gmail.com. All right, Cheryl, we made it. We did. We did Yay. it. Another so, episode down. I hope. I just hope that we get the demo before the next episode. I hope so too. That that, that demo way we can bring you guys something interesting. Exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm afraid of what can happen because with the demo announced, you know, there's not going to be any news between now and the demo. So, I hope. De- I hope for our sake, there's a demo that releases. And then considering the game comes out next month, too. Yeah, like, why would there be any news at all? Yep. Uh, yeah. Good luck to us, I guess. Soon we're, we're gonna have to start saying Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory new, uh, information's now considered spoilers. Yeah, right? That's crazy. Yeah. I guess when that comes out, we'll just change it. Yeah, you, right? We, we, won't, we won't talk about Remind spoilers, because that's kind of, like, grandfathered in if you mention Melody of Memory. All right, well, I guess that's how it's going to be. All right, Cheryl, say goodbyes. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, if the demo does come out between now and the next one, hope you guys enjoy it. All right, and I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.